You're listening to the Riverview Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. In today's message from Bo Spencer, he'll be exploring the call to action to be a blessing to all those in our world who need it. But before we get into that, please take a second to subscribe to our podcast. Here's today's message from Bo Spencer. Uh, Well, welcome guys. Welcome you guys here. So good to have you here and and welcome to you guys there. Um, So glad that you could join me today as I feel I'm going to be sharing what God's put on my heart. And I'm not quite sure where to look. I might be looking at you. I might be looking at you, but I'm sure I'll figure it out as we go along. I'd love to start my message straight up with an encouragement, if uh, that's okay. I had this thought for you about a month ago. And as I've been praying and preparing this message, um, I felt the, the urge to start it with a word. Uh, well, with four words technically, but you know what I mean. It's, it's really simple, um, but I feel it's a timely reminder for us listening today. And my encouragement is, you can do this. Renee, you can do this. Dan, you can do this. Now for you, I'm not exactly sure what your this is, but that's okay. Because I'm not owning this encouragement. I'm not um, saying this based on my knowledge and my wisdom and my authority. I'm saying this based on the the knowledge, the wisdom, and the authority of Jesus, who's actually already promised this to all of us. And the reason I can say this without knowing what your this is and knowing your circumstances is I know that you have a strength that you don't even realise yet. A strength that is gifted to you, but it's not generated by you. A strength that may not be of you, but it definitely, most certainly is for you. God the Father revealed this gift in the Old Testament many times in the Psalms. Then Jesus came along in the New Testament and was this. And then all the apostles wrote about this strength all throughout the rest of the Bible. In the book of Philippians The Apostle Paul tells us of this strength and he actually says, he says, I've learned the secret. I know what it is. And in the letter, he reveals the world's best, most well-known kept secret. (laughs) He calls it a secret in the letter, but of course, we all know now that it's not a secret. So because of that contradicting fact, I've called today's message, the world's best kept non-secret to strength. (laughs) You see, Paul, who lived a glorious and hard life, knows what he's talking about. When it comes to needing strength, this guy needed it more than arguably more than anyone. He was a missionary. He was a church planter and he traveled around proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And in his words, he was called by Jesus to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jews and reveal the freedom and the life that that offers. And he handled all the consequences and he handled all the difficult circumstances that news brought in the first century. And in chapter four, in this letter to the Philippians, he says something that he clung on to when he was writing the letter to them. And I want you to cling on to that today. And he's explaining how he rejoices in the Lord and how he is content. He's saying, I'm good. He said, I don't need anything. He's saying, I've had a lot and I've had a little. He said, I've had a full belly and I've been hungry before. He says, I'm okay. I'm content. I'm happy with what I have and what I don't have. He says, I've learned to be content with what happens to me. And believe me, this guy had had some stuff happen to him. See, at this point in his life, Paul had done the rounds. 
He'd had many different experiences and encountered many different circumstances. Uh, what we would probably call he had baggage, or he could have had baggage at this point in his life. And that included prison many times, only ever because he preached the good news of Jesus. He was whipped many times. He faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave him 39 lashes, three times beaten with rods. Once he was stoned, although he did promise never to eat those cookies again. Kidding, of course. Three times he was shipwrecked. He traveled on many long journeys and the hardship that that provides. I've traveled to America with three kids before. I know how stressed out I was, so I can't imagine how stressful that was for him back then. But that's not all. Paul faced danger from rivers and from robbers. He faced danger from his own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. That's everyone. He faced danger in, in cities, in deserts and in the seas. That's everywhere. He worked hard. He worked long. He had many, many sleepless nights. He said he's often thirsty and went without food. He said he'd shivered in the cold without enough clothing to even keep him warm. Whew. And then he says, on top of all of that, he says to the churches, he says, and I worry about you every single day. It's like, mate, don't worry about us. We're doing okay. <laughs> you worry about yourself. You've got enough to, to worry about. So this guy up to this point when he wrote this encouragement, he lived a life. So back to this verse in Philippians, back to my encouragement. So after explaining this whole roller coaster and using these extremes of human experience, he, he understands the circumstances that people can find themselves in. He isn't a rich person telling a poor person to be happy with what they have. He doesn't have a full belly and not telling a hungry person to get over it. This guy has experience, and I've always been a believer that experience gives authority to speak into something and it also assures that people are going to listen. So this guy oozes experience, so we need to listen. So after the setup of this wide scope of his journey, he says, I have the secret, and this is the encouragement. He says in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. So he's saying to them in this moment, he said, I could, I could do all of this that happened to me because of Jesus. And what he's telling us in this statement is that no matter what your circumstances are now, you have the strength too that will see you through it. Not because he knows you and he knows your situation, but because he knows the source of the strength, Jesus. And how does he know? Because he lived it, he tested it, and he proved it. You see, Paul had a deep, intimate, real relationship with Jesus. He was with Jesus and Jesus was with him. He used the language of saying, I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me. And it's this Jesus, he gives you strength today. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, living in these certain conditions was his this. It was unique. So your declaration today might be different. Yours might be, I can survive this relationship breakdown through Christ who gives me strength. I can overcome this traumatic situation through Christ who gives me strength. I can find hope when all hope seems lost through Christ. He gives me strength. Or I can reach out for help through Christ who gives me strength. So my encouragement is to kick us off 
you can do this. Now, again, I'm not sure what this is, but God the Father does. And His consistent and continuing promises of strength are promises for you. And let's be real. Life hasn't been easy lately. And life isn't easy. But that's not the promise. It never was. The promise is victory over these things in the name of Jesus. You can do this through Christ. He gives you strength. Now, I'm praying there's some people who needed to hear this today and be reminded of his faithfulness and reminded of his goodness and his promises. And for full transparency, this was a word for me as well, as God began this message all those weeks ago. See, lately he's been doing a a bit of a work in me. And as I've been seeking him more, he truly has been my one desire above all else, like the psalmist puts it. And to be honest, things have shifted in my heart. Priorities have changed and thought patterns have changed in a good way, in an unsettling way, in an exciting way. You see, this love that we talk about, I've been feeling. And this presence we sing about has been a reality. And I've really been enjoying his company day by day. Now, I am a Christian and I have been for a long time. So it's not like I've never experienced this before, right? But it's noticeable when you feel a relationship has deepened. It's noticeable when that relationship goes to the next level with anyone, right? Well, it's like that with God. Things shift and we're closer than we ever have before, ever have been before. And um, I'm very grateful for that. Now, there's a verse in Ezekiel in the Old Testament And the Lord says, he says, I will take out your heart of stone and I'll replace it with a heart of flesh. The NLT version reads it. It says, I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and I'll replace it with a tender, responsive heart. A heart that feels deeply. A heart that receives love from God, can feel love from God, can give love to God and love to others. And that heart is a dangerous heart, which I'll explain a little bit later. So what's my personal experience got to do with my message? I hear you ask. (laughs) You might be saying like, that's great, Bo, but how's that relevant to me? Great question. (laughs) Well, Eugene Peterson, who is an American minister, theologian, pastor, author, he's not with us anymore, but wrote many books wrote the message translation of the Bible, he's going to help me answer that question that you may or may not ask. (laughs) And he once said in one of his books, he says, the church is a community of sinners gathered before God week after week in towns and villages all over the world and online. The Holy Spirit gathers them and does his work in them. In these communities, communities of sinners, One of the sinners is called pastor and given a designated responsibility in the community. The pastor's responsibility is to keep the community attentive to God. And that's what I want to do today. I want to keep you attentive to God. I want to point you to Him. I want to keep you attentive to His presence, keep you attentive to His voice and what He's saying to you individually, but also what He's saying to us collectively as a church. Because my experience with him lately, this deepening of our relationship, I'm well aware is not reserved for me. (laughs) I'm nothing special. This is what he promises to all who call on his name. 
He promises in his word that if we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. And in that, you'll discover that he's closer than you think. Well, so what happens when you seek God with a tender, responsive heart? Well, you feel more. You experience overwhelming presence like we felt today. You experience peace. You experience joy. You hear more. You see more. You love more. Now, because you hear and you see and you love more, your heart breaks more. What grieves the Father grieves you. And when things are felt deeply in your heart, surely that's got to lead to a next step of action. Now, we've been singing this new song lately, The Blessing, and we sung it today. Love the song. Beautiful lyrics, biblically based truths of God. Powerful stuff. Now, that's a great song to sing over people who are in the safety of church and who understand what we're singing about and maybe even have experienced this grace and this favour that we sing about. But the very first time I heard that song, I've got to be honest, man, I was challenged. And all I could think How do I sing this over people outside of the church? How do I sing that and leave it as a song? How do I sing that over the child who through no fault of their own is being raised in an environment of abuse or neglect? How do I sing that over a person who has no home and has no reference point of love or care or affection in their world or hope? How do I sing that over people outside of this who only experience despair and pain? How do I sing it and leave it as a song? I can't, right? You see, the blessing we sing about, it's got to be us. So that's what we've been called to be. We've been called not just to sing it, but to bring it. We've been called to, to sing the blessing but also to bring the blessing. You see, this favour, this grace, this blessing that is from God, we're called to be in the places in the world, in our own backyard, where it's not felt or not experienced. I mean, you try telling a single mum with kids who can't pay rent or pay for food that God's favour is on them. Now, theologically speaking, that's That's true. They have breath in their lungs. They're image bearers. They have received a love from God and they know that God's heart is for them. So it may be true, but you try and tell them that without them feeling it or without them experiencing it. I think they need to know what that looks like with skin on. You know what I mean? God wants to partner with us in these blessings. It's an invitation to work with Him. And it's a gift that he gives us. You know, when we took on our fostering journey seven years ago, um, God revealed to us that what we are caught up in is generational blessing. See, the generational sin of violence and hurt and abuse can be broken and generational blessing can begin. That's a bigger picture we need to pray for. That's a kingdom perspective that we need God to give us. You see, when we serve 
and we come alongside other people, when we love and then from that love, we demonstrate the value that people have in God's eyes. It's not only about the one. It may start with the one, but it never finishes with the one. You see, the trajectory of their future has just shifted. This is kids and adults. And we all get the opportunity to be a part of that. That should challenge us. That should excite us. That should make us nervous. It should make us be filled with absolute joy that we get to partner with the almighty creator in bringing heaven to earth. What a blessing. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When we pray the prayer or when we sing the lyrics in a song, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Better mean it. Better be ready. Because when you boldly ask that and you have a tender and responsive heart, that can result in you feeling compelled to do something you haven't done before or go to places you haven't been before. And there's the dangerous heart. It leads to situations and people that are dangerously encroaching into your world of comfort that you've created. It can be dangerous and it threatens to push the boundaries you've put in place on how far you'll go to serve God. I believe all of us will serve up until a point. And I wonder what that point is for you. And I wonder if God's encouraging you to step over it. You see, all of these limitations and all of these boundaries we put in place are at risk when we pray that prayer, when we listen courageously, and when we obey faithfully. It's dangerous stuff. Now, when it comes to us serving and and loving well, I believe there's a problem of distance. So as humans, our compassion levels seem to be linked to distance. So the further away things are in time, or the further away things are in geographic proximity, the less they affect us. In other words, the closer things are to us, the more we feel compassion and empathy towards it. For example, if you heard about a a fatal car crash that happened on the other side of the world on a country road five years ago, that would probably affect you differently to if you heard there was a fatal car crash around the corner from your house today. They're both humans, both tragic circumstances, but our distance dictates our engagement. That's how we're wired. So the solution to that problem, close the gap, decrease the distance. You see, once the marginalized, the needy in our community, in your world, once they, to you, have a face, a story, a name, I promise you things will change. They did for us. We have four children, two are biologically not ours. The minute they had the story of children in care, the minute they had a story and a face and a name, things shifted automatically. And God did that in us. So last week I was deep in message prep. I was thinking and I was processing and I rocked up early to our Joondalup campus to get some message prep done about quarter past seven. That's when I'm fresh, when all the creative juices are flowing. Anyway, about 20 or 30 metres away, 
um, from me when I was sitting in the car was a, was a man and he was just looking around. He looked like he was a rough sleeper and he carried everything he owned um, on his back. And um, if you know me, you know that it um, takes me a long time to prepare a message. And having four kids, um, finding quiet time to prepare a message uh, is very few and far between. So my message prep time is very valuable to me. So I was really looking forward to getting my message further along the way. And I was sitting in my car and I had this moment of write the message or be the message. So I was like, well, how can any of us not obey the call that our God gives us to love and to care? So anyway, so I called out to him and invited him in for a, for a coffee and uh, as he got closer to me, it turns out I do, I do know him. His name's Mark. He's part of our, um, the, the wider Joondal Up community. He pops into our community hub um, a bit and we give him provisions. And we help him out when he needs it. Anyway, he, he came in and I gave him a coffee and we had a chat and just asked him more about his story and uh, assured him like we always do, mate, you know, you know where we are, you know who we are. We'll do anything to help you. Um, in the short term, of course, but also... Um, in the long term, to find safe and stable um, living arrangements and to have a hope for the future. And we talked for, for quite a while, then about 30, 35 minutes later, um, gave me a few provisions. And as he was on his way back out again, um, something, I, I said something to him that I haven't asked him before in particular. And I said, mate, I said, can I pray for you? And uh, happily, he goes, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, he's... he's He's not a Christian. So there we were and I laid my hands on him and I just prayed for him and I just prayed that um, he feel God's comfort and strength and compassion and kindness and grace and that also that he feels that from people in his world as well. It's a very emotional prayer, more for me than it was for him. <laughs> now chances are, and then we said goodbye and uh, chances are we'll see him again. Um, he'll pop in when... Um, when things get rough again, he knows where we are and he knows who we are. Now, I'm not saying this, please hear me, to say, hey, look what I did. Not at all, not at all. To be honest, I could have done more. I should have done more. This is something that God's working in me. It's my own issue that I have to deal with. So the reason I share this is to say that you can decrease the distance. You can reduce the gap slowly, step by step, face by face, conversation by conversation. And I wonder what that looks like for you in your world. Now, as Tim reminded us all last week, steps like that take courage sometimes. But we know where our courage comes from as well. Amen? Same person our strength comes from. Jesus, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We all know it. <laughs> How do we do it? We love with a desire, with a passion, and we love with all our affection. We let nothing or no one take his place. We let nothing or no one try and steal the worship that is only due to him. We give him all that we are. We give him our devotion, our thoughts, our fears, all our insecurities and our deepest desires. 
And flowing from that communion with Him comes love in action. And we're all equipped to do this. It looks different for everyone. This is something I'm just figuring out myself and that God is talking to me about of what that looks like for me and my family, but that looks different. What it looks like for me is different from you and your family. And if you don't know where to start in this process and you feel underprepared or you feel ill-equipped, I want you to remember this. Remember the heart. That love in action, it's not tactical, it's devotional. Love in action is not strategic, it's worship. So you want to stoke the fire of desire in your heart for God and for others. Don't just set your mind on new strategies. Set your heart to Jesus. Sometimes we don't need a bigger strategy. We need a bigger vision of Jesus. We see Him in the needy. And may being in His presence lead to being His presence. So I suppose this message today is a, it's a call to action. To get attentive or to stay attentive to God. An action to seek Him above all else. To truly say, Lord, I live my life for You and I submit my life to You. An action to ask Him boldly and courageously, Lord, what would You have me do with what You have given me? So my question is, what's your burden to carry? What moves you? What connects with you the way God has wired you that will lead you to a call of action? What do you see in this world that isn't reflective of living in the kingdom of God? What's he saying to you? And what he says to you and asks you to put your hand to will be different to mine. That's the, the beautiful power of the collective body. So I don't know what that is for you, but I do know that in our world, in our community, we don't have to look far to see brokenness, inequality, injustice, hurt and hopelessness. You see, in God's economy, all human value on life is created equal. But unfortunately, in our economy, when we look at human treatment, socioeconomic status, opportunities and circumstances, it's not equal and it's not fair. Some might say therein lies the challenge, but I say therein lies the opportunities. Now at the beginning, I encouraged you all and I reminded you that you can do this through Christ who gives you strength. And I'd love to add one more to that I statement. As we remember the world's best non-kept secret to strength. Couldn't get my own title out then. It's the longest title I've ever done. By God's grace, I'd love all of us as his church to be able to confidently claim we're going to read it together on the screen and honestly make the declaration I can do what the Father has called me to do through Christ who gives me strength. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the source of life. We thank you that it's because of you 
we live, we love. We thank you it's because of you that we feel your, your presence and your grace and we can receive your blessing. It's because of your decision to love us that through Jesus we can be in your presence. Lord, there's so much we can thank you for. And Lord, I pray right now to reveal to your children, to reveal to us who are in this room today, to reveal who is watching, who are in their rooms today. Lord, reveal not just yourself, not just to reveal more of who you are, although that is a prayer that we pray daily. Lord, reveal to us what that looks like. How does it outwork in our life? Increase our faith, not just for you, but increase our faith that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, God. May that call us into places. May that call us into spaces and have conversations with people that we normally wouldn't have, all for the glory of shining your light, giving your love, showing the value that you have on your children, on your image bearers that you have created. So Lord, I understand that call is a big call. And for us to step into new spaces, Lord, I'm aware that we need a courage that is not of us. We need a strength that is not of us. We need a boldness that is not of us. We need a grace for us that is not of us. But God, we know that who you call and how you've wired us, you equip us, you lead us, you guide us. You're gracious to us and you're kind and you're compassionate. And you help us to step into new spaces, knowing that that's a space that you've gone already and that we're just meeting you there. So Lord, help us to see you in the faces of the people around us. And we just pray that being in your presence will always result in being your presence in this world. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you here. Thank you there. I, I, I hope that God encouraged you throughout this message. And until next time we see you again, be blessed, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Thanks again for joining us today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at riverviewchurch.com. And if you want any information about Riverview Church, you can find that at riverviewchurch.com.